The Southern Jaguars are your 2022 SWAC West champions, and depending on who you ask, more importantly, the Bayou Classic winners. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast. Network your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me at Twitter, at, on Twitter, at South Exclusives now. I want to talk about this Bayou Classy because this is one of those games that I think provides us with some of the best football all year long. I love rivalry games because it's going to have fans chirping back and forth. The atmosphere is going to be great. You know that the players are going to be invested no matter what. We have two teams who are on opposite sides. Grambling season was over and Southern was playing for a chance to get into that SWAC West championship. And somehow, I believe, depending on who you ask, which is what I alluded to in my cold open, you will say that this game was more important than the outcome of the rest of the season. A lot of people really felt that way. You know, like, okay, what if we miss out on the SWAC West championship? At least we'd be grambling. Oh, this, this, this game or this season wasn't good for us. At least we beat Southern. It just depends on who you ask. But we're not going to focus on the championship game that's upcoming. We're going to focus on that as the week persists. And then, of course, it will be our game of the week. However, we're going to focus on this Bayou Classic because Southern was able to win this with a clutch defensive performance in the fourth quarter. And I don't believe that there is another game this, this year that really illustrated the key to victory more than this. This was on blatant display for everybody to see it. Like sometimes I'll put it like this. You have different kinds of signs, right? You have small signs that you may not see, but then you have billboards. And this was a billboard because the key to victory that we laid out on Friday's episode was make Grambling pass. That's what I felt like they needed to do to, to win. And you know, everybody wants to feel vindicated. Everybody wants to feel right. Want to give themselves a little pat on the back, right? But that's exactly what happened. I feel like this was a clear display. Once Grambling was forced to pass the ball, or which you'll see a little bit later in the show, just pass the ball, everything turned around. So you go into the fourth quarter, it's a lead 17-14 for Grambling, right? From there, the game turns around clearly because the final score was 33-17, to which means Grambling didn't score at all. And then you also had, or 34-14, to excuse me, or to 17. And then Southern scored 21 points in that fourth quarter. So you're looking at a situation where it's it's a huge difference. How do you score 20 points and hold the other team to zero? I'm going to tell you why. And it's by great, great defense. Great defense. So in this quarter alone, I'm going to give you some stats in this quarter alone. They had five sacks. Five of their seven sacks on the day came in the fourth quarter, and you saw the pressure manifest itself in a multitude of ways. First off, you have the actual sacks, right? So you just have getting the quarterback down. You're going to have negative yards for your opponents, things of that nature that you're naturally going to notice. But there was also two fumbles. There was three turnovers in that quarter, but there was two fumbles. 
neither of which Julian Calvez actually got hit on. The ball just slipped out his hand. Now, you could say that's an unforced error. You really could say that's an unforced error. However, I truly believe that it was because Southern was heating him up. I believe that it was a rushed movement that led to that. You didn't see him when he had a whole bunch of time just slip. No, you didn't see that. But when the pressure was on him and he tried to rush to get the ball out, he didn't have as much of a grip. He didn't have as much control. So you could look at that as an unforced error. However, though he wasn't hit to knock the ball out, the pressure was still present on both of those plays. And I think it affected him mentally. Maybe he just tried to rush. He didn't do everything that he needed to do. So I believe that's how you see it manifest itself in a couple of different ways. Now, of course, two fumbles. One was a turn for a touchdown. And if that wasn't the dagger, this is one my boy John Walton who always chimes in. John, you have no excuse to not watch this episode three, four times. If I let you skip out, he always tweets me. He's like, hey, man, when, Grant, when Southern loses, I got to skip out. But <laughs> Southern won a major game, had major ramifications. I'm going to need you to run this back three, four times, okay? But as my boy John Walton said, it was a double dagger because if that fumble return for a touchdown was not the dagger in the game and with the time on the clock, it really wasn't, but it did feel that way. If you just eliminated the time and just looked at the score, it did feel like it was, yeah, it was Southern's game from that time on. If that wasn't the dagger, you had the double dagger because you had a pick six not too long after. And in the fourth quarter, Southern was absolutely phenomenal. This was the most important 15 minutes of their season because this was the game. This was the quarter that was going to decide whether or not they made it to the SWAC championship game. And with the game and with the season on the line, they had five sacks, two touchdowns of their own, the defense, and then also three turnovers forced, in addition to holding Grambling to their least amount of yards in a quarter of this game on their most amount of plays. So Grambling had a ton of opportunities to make something happen. They just never did. And you got to give kudos to that Southern defense because in that fourth quarter, they won them that game and punched their ticket into the SWAT championship. So going forward, we're going to talk about how the running game really played a big part in deciding this matchup as well because one team kept up and one team didn't, and that really was impactful. Before I get into that, however, today's episode is brought to you by Upside, and I recently had a listener come on and said, yeah, man, I, you ain't lying about cutting, cutting back mouth of the South. I've been having to cut back on my ladies. Brother, let me give you some free game. Go ahead and take that young lady to one of these nice restaurants, right? Because they have some really nice restaurants on Upside that are really partnered with them. You go in, you pay for it, you put it on the Upside app, use your card, and the money's going to come right back to you. Now, you saving, and you having a good time, and she happy, and we all know when she happy, you happy. It's just that simple, all right? So heed my advice or don't. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you right now. Do what's best for you and get the Upside app and get $5 or more back on your first purchase of $10 or more when you use the promo code LOCKED. That's what you got to use, the promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. And this is for all my small business owners. Cyber Monday is up today. Black Friday just happened earlier last week or late last week, however you want to really say it. But now it's going to be Christmas time. And now you need to go ahead and get people. And even if you're not in the business of buying and selling, you just need to get employees who are fit for your environment, right? We need culture fits. And you can get that with LinkedIn. Get people who are qualified for your job and reach out and talk to them. Don't go and get somebody who you don't know. Just go ahead and get John and go ahead and get... Uh, um, 
Whoever, man, we just gonna say John, bro. Shout out John at Locked On Longhorns. Go ahead and get John from Locked On Longhorns and get some of his skill set that you see on the LinkedIn profile because you know he's qualified and you don't have to wonder whether or not the next guy or girl is. It's just that simple. Use the purple hashtag hiring frame and go to lockedon.com or LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college where you can post your job for free and terms and conditions do apply. wrapping up today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every single day and don't forget to listen to locked on sports today with peter bukowski and all of the local experts that he's going to bring on the show to break everything down because that's all everywhere you want to get your podcast at and it's a must listen i promise you today's word of the day is onomatopoeia and it's the use of words that imitate sound so let's see how many onomatopoeias i can get in here i'm not going to use the word i'm just going to try to use examples of onomatopoeia as we continue with the show however let's get into this because the run game was very important the run game really did decide a lot in this matchup because both of these teams were big proponents of the run game coming in that's the reason that the passing game was a key to victory for both of these squads and defensively defending the passing game was a key to victory for both of these squads. Let's see how it worked out. Because Southern, the winners, the victors, they knew how to run the ball in a timely fashion. They knew when to get it. Because when they didn't run the ball, they struggled. They really did. But they ran in enough times where they could put together some drives that were successful and get points on the board. They scored 21 offensive points. 21 of the 34 points were offensive points. And every single drive was led by the running game. They had no success in the first quarter. Matter of fact, I think they had zero total yards rushing in the first quarter. And it should be no surprise that they had zero total points in the first quarter. Why? Because they're running the ball led to them scoring points. In the second quarter, you had their most amount of yards in a single quarter, and you had their most amount of points in a single quarter. You see the trend? You see how this goes together? You see how when you run the ball, you lead to points? And that's what you want. There's a bunch of examples. So in the two touchdown drives that they had in the, in the second quarter, they had one pass on each drive. That's it. One pass on each drive, and what happens? You score points because you leaned on the strength of your team. Even with the quarterback and even when you did pass, the best success they had, it felt like, was when McCray was moving. When B. Sean McCray was getting out of the pocket, whether that was a designed rollout or making something happen, it felt like things were just flowing smoothly. And yes, I know a rollout is not the running game, but it does show how movement from your quarterback benefited your offense. So now let's get into the best example because you might just think that's happen chance. You might just think, oh, well, they just didn't throw the ball or they just didn't, yeah, they just didn't throw the ball on that drive and they just so happened to succeed. That's okay. I'm trying to paint trends here, but if I ain't painted it properly, that's okay. I got one more for you. So their only other touchdown drive, I told you, they scored 21 offensive points. That's three touchdowns. We went through two. Let's get into the last one. On that last touchdown drive, they were backed up. They were like third and 17, third and 16, because they had a negative passing play on first down. And they never recovered. When they're trying to pass, 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 they never did recover. But then they get a roughing the punter penalty that gives them new life. They have the ball again. They had punted the ball out to Grambling. The Graham was about to get the ball back. And I think at that time they were still up 17. Yeah, they were still up 17 to 14. So what happens? 
You punt the ball, you get rough in the passer or rough in the punter, you get the ball back. You do not pass a single time after that roughing the punter penalty. And what do you do? You score a touchdown. I'm trying to paint these pictures now. I'm trying to paint these pictures now. When you have getting backed up and you have to pass the ball, punt. You get new life and you do nothing but run the ball. What happens? Touchdown. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. When Southern ran the ball, they scored. When they ran the ball effectively, they scored. It's just that simple. Now you look at Grambling, they were running the ball well too. Two two running backs running the ball very well. But then in the fourth quarter, they completely abandoned the run. I don't know why. But in the fourth quarter, Grambling just stopped running the ball. They literally ran the ball two times and one was the last play of the game. That was completely unacceptable. Your best offensive attribute is running the ball. Yet in the fourth quarter, when you're up three points to start, you don't run? That that doesn't quite make sense to me. And I know some people will say, well, they were down. No, they weren't. Not really. Yes, I said the momentum all shifted to Southern. They were up 10 points with seven minutes left. Now, you're going to have to run the ball a little bit less when you're down 10 with seven minutes left, but you can still run the ball occasionally. Heck, you can run the ball three times when you're down 10 points with seven minutes left. They ain't run the ball three points the whole quarter, right? And and you have to remember, they weren't down that much the whole quarter. It just so happened to get to that point. I just don't understand it. I I just do not get it because, yes, once you hit a certain point of being down and the time is working against you, you can't run the ball anymore. But you weren't at that point at the start of the quarter. You would have thought that Grambling was a team that was down the way that they insisted on passing the ball. I just do not agree with it. I would love to know what Hugh Jackson's answer is on why he didn't do that, why he just abandoned the run. But I feel like that was a gross mistake. I really do. I feel like because you abandoned the run, you went into the part of the game that Southern could attack you the best, and they did it. And now you lose. It's a tough, it's a tough, tough decision. And I wish I just knew the answer on why they did it. Maybe some reasoning. Maybe I would know. Maybe I'll be able to give them the benefit of the doubt. But right now, it just looks like you went away from your best part of your offense and it ended up costing you major. That's what I see. What did you see? I'm gonna tell you about how I decide this season went and what or this season went in Grambling. What was the verdict? For the Grambling Tigers this year, I'll lay that down. And it's Judge Gray. Get my best Judge Mathis on without a gavel. But before I get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. So, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The, the thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower the drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. And when I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be the fumble six by Jordan Carter. Jordan Carter picked that thing up and he ran, I think it was about 70, 80 yards. That was a game changer and nothing was the same after that. That was Grambling's moment. Boom game over at least in the heart excuse me at least in the heart and then also on the scoreboard a little bit later on so this segment was inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across nissan's new lineup of vehicles pursue what thrills you in the all-new frontier armada or pathfinder today available at nissanusa.com As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, listen, 
the season is in the books for Grambling. It's been a rough one, but I'm here to lay down a verdict. I, like I told you, I'm going to get my best Judge Mathis on. I'm going to get my best Judge Mathis impersonation. Matter of fact, let me use... We're going to use this here megaphone. No free promotion. Uh, we're going to give this here free, uh, this megaphone as the gavel. So order on the pod, okay? Order on the pod. <laughs> but listen, the season is in the books, and I think it's okay. I think that is proper, and I think we should be judging the season now. Some teams aren't going to be judged, but Grambling has another layer of eyes on them. This is Hugh Jackson's first season. You have to judge how it went. It was a failure. That's my verdict. My verdict is that this season was a failure for Grambling. And I understand that a lot of people like to shoot first-year quarter uh, coaches some slack. And I get that. But shooting it slack to me does not mean refusing to call it how it is. It doesn't mean not calling it a bad season. It's just a first-year coach who had a bad season. To me, it means just don't jump out the window. But I'm still going to call it how it was. It was not a good season. It was a failure. Grambling went backwards. Grambling was 4-7 and seven last year. They fired Coach Fobbs. What happens this year? They go 3-8. and eight. Are we supposed to ignore that because Hugh Jackson is a first-year coach? I'm not going to. And it doesn't mean that I'm jumping out the window and saying Hugh Jackson will never lead Grambling to any sort of success. You just have to find a middle ground. And to me, the middle ground is found in objectivity. And objectivity says this was a failure of a season because they brought in Hugh Jackson for immediate success. That's what they expected, period. I understand he's a first-year coach, but I promise you that Grambling brought in a coach with NFL experience thinking he would lead to immediate success. Grambling probably thought it was going to be a Graham-Jackson State SWAC championship, and instead they have to see their rivals from in-state go against Jackson State. This is sickening. But I, I, I trust you. Or I trust that you will believe me when I say I am not jumping out the window. Not in the slightest. So let's just evaluate this season. To me, the biggest indictment on Hugh Jackson is that his team was undisciplined. They led the SWAC in penalties. They were just a highly penalized team. And it was something we discussed at the beginning of the season. And now at the end, you see that they are the leaders in penalties. And that's just not good. And there's a lot of reasons that a team is, you know, a highly penalized team. However, the onus is always going to fall squarely on the coaching, right? There's a lot of different factors, but the coach is supposed to bear that responsibility. They're supposed to be the one that says, yes, my team having all of these penalties is on me. You can say that with a lot of things, but penalties, that's who's going to take that. When fans are talking about, oh, this team is having 100 yards, 80 yards and penalties because they had about 80 yards and penalties a game, you're pointing the finger at the ref, I mean at the coaches. That's who you should be pointing the finger at. You can point the fingers at the ref too, but I'm pointing the finger at the coaches. So that's the biggest indictment on Hugh Jackson. And another thing that just makes this season so bad is that you can actually struggle to say what Grambling is good at this year. I would say running the ball. They're above average in that. Everything else, they're either at the bottom of the barrel or in the middle of the pack. This is Grambling season this year. I thought the running game was pretty solid, but it wasn't enough. Because the passing game, I should say, let me not place down the running game. Let's be fair. The passing game wasn't enough to complement the running game and lift the Tigers above average. At best, they're an average offense. At best, scoring, total yards. Passing was very bad, and it was carried by a running game that was in the middle of the pack as far as rushing goes in the swag. However, I did feel like it was a good unit. But they just couldn't do anything else. Everything else, you're either right there at the bottom or you're in the middle, below average, really. 
you're you're around the seven eight range so you're not right in the middle you're at below average that's just not good that's just not a good season they couldn't stop a constipation like it did not matter what was going on grambling was struggling all year long they allowed 30 points in all but one game and i'll give you one and a half because this game here i thought they had a pretty solid game it's just that the offense didn't help them at all but these boys couldn't stop constipation like let's just be honest 30 points in nearly every single game means your defense is not taking care of business they just aren't and of course the offense isn't doing any service to them by playing poorly but we're talking about the team in general this is not a review of the grambling defense this is a review of the grambling team so if the offense is putting the defense in bad positions and is leading to the defense giving up a lot of points i'm just going to surmise it by saying they are not a good team this year now i like to end on a positive note so i'm gonna say one more tiny thing and i'm gonna end good i was reading an article and they said that the silver lining in this season was that they found their quarterback of the future in Julian Calvez. I don't know about that, honestly. But I don't know if that is a Hugh Jackson thought or if that is a writer thought. Whoever the writer of that article could have just felt like Calvez is the quarterback of the future. I haven't seen anything that says he's going to take you to the SWAT championship. I just haven't. And to me, that's what quarterback of the future means. I will say this, and this is the good, the, the good ending, I guess. Hugh Jackson, I believe in his developmental you know, abilities. I believe on the college level, he can definitely develop some people. If he sees something in Julian Calvez, I will trust him and say, all right, they can make a decent quarterback out of this. They can make a good quarterback out of this. Let me not undersell it. I think they can make a good quarterback. If they see something, if they see something, they feel like they can develop, go ahead. I just felt, you know, when I say quarterback of the future, it means something to me that it might not mean to anybody else. But if you feel like Julian Calvez can be your quarterback for the next four years, that means that Hugh Jackson has seen something that he can develop because this guy is only a freshman. He's barely played. He's very raw. So we don't know what he can be. We don't know what he is in practice. Maybe he comes out next year and he takes that leap and it says, all right, the mobility that I have, I can pair that with reading the field and, and really just operating the passing game even more. So the verdict. Grambling season was a failure. However, to me, cutting a team some slack says that means they can be good next year. And that's the slack that I'm going to give you, Jackson. Now, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every single day on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about the Benedict versus Wingate game, the D2 playoffs. It didn't turn out too well for Benedict College. In the meantime, in between time, make sure you're checking out me on Twitter at South Exclusives and listening to Peter Bukowski for your second listen of the day on Locked On Sports today. Until next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace. Can I click this thing on?